Um, I want to take our church's attention on the next topic that God has put in my heart. We all love when we receive the favor in our life. Is that not true? When a financial breakthrough happens, when a door opens up, when a job interview goes right, when a marriage relationship proposal, whatever relationship goes good, uh, we, you know, we, we thank God, we say God. And, and it's, it's easy to notice somebody within the church when they have received from the Lord. Are you with me? Uh, you know, some of our worship leaders, you know, you will enjoy the, that moment uh, in the church when you have congregation who has received something from God. They come to God's presence and they're like, God, you know what? I surrender. Oh my God, I didn't expect this miracle to happen. I didn't expect this favor to show up in my life. I was, I was, I was doomed to eternal death, but you saved me. And today they come to church and they worship God. But do we continue or can we worship God even when we have failures in our life are you with me now as God's children if we believe that everything that happens within our life is happening in the knowledge of God can we still worship and honor him when we have some sort of a sickness that the doctors said that hey you know what you won't live more than three months can we still worship him can we still honor him see we take favor for granted we receive a benefit from God and we come to his presence and it is easier to worship him when we have actually seen the miracle. But it takes faith to honor God and to believe in the favor of God even before we see it. Are you with me? And I know there are still families seated right now in this space. You're asking the Lord for a miracle, but hey, don't wait for your miracle to show up for you to praise him. Don't wait for your miracle to show up for you to honor him. Don't wait for your miracle to show up for you to have a commitment for God. A lot of us, it is easier for us to have convictions and commitments and follow and practice and worship and honor and do everything God has asked us to do. When we have seen a door open up, Lord, if you bless me with a million dollars, I'm going to build if you're going to bless me with a million dollars, I will do that. Lord, if you allow me to pass this examination, maybe I will do it. You know, we bring with conditions in the presence of God, but it takes real faith to honor him even before the door opens up for us. And that's where I want to take a church's attention. This season, this year, as we have titled our year as the year of God's favor, I'm also praying maybe you are, God's favor in somebody's life are you with me church maybe you are the answer of God's favor to somebody's life the world is hurting what are you going to do about it the world is in darkness what are you going to do about it you, you, you know the world is, is is trembling with fear groaning and waiting for redemption but what are we going to do about it I can make the church fired up around the theme of God's favor that we will walk in God's favor this season. But what are we going to do to become God's favor in somebody's life? What, are, what am I going to do to become the light of his glory in somebody that is sitting in darkness? What am I going to do to see somebody else worshiping God who never had the opportunity to lift up the holy name of our Savior? What am I going to do? Today I want to title my sermon as Favor Extended. I don't want to limit the favor of God to just myself. I want to extend it to people. 
maybe villages, maybe tribals, maybe people who have never had the opportunity. I want to extend the favor of God in somebody's life. I'm not just going to sit around and complain about the, the darkness all around me, but I'm going to be the light that God has asked me to be so that I can be the favor in somebody's life. Someone is praying for it. And if I know it, I just want to be that favor in their life. Show grace in their life. In God's scriptures, we see the word favor, the word uh, grace, the word mercy, all have the similar root words. The word favor, grace, mercy, all have the similar root words in two, uh, 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 the scriptures that when we come across. Now favor is the, the tangible provision of God. Favor is the tangible provision of God in the life of God's children, right? Mercy is the, uh, you know, we were doomed for uh, judgment, but it is the, the grace of God that we are not, but by his justice we are saved right now grace is that the unmerited favor in our life i did not earn it not deserve it but he just showed up in my life and he provided all i needed he saved me that's the grace of god now we see in god's scriptures the favor grace and mercy all together oftentimes come together in different passages meaning the same and all through this year i'm praying god that we will be God's children operating in God's favor. Showing favor in somebody's life. Maybe showing mercy in somebody's life. Maybe showing grace to somebody else's life. Listen, as we navigate our thought and wrap around favor extended into somebody's life, I pray that during this season, God will use each one of us. What is the use of us gathering in God's presence, singing three songs and hearing a wonderful message? We go back into the world and just live like a normal person like anybody else. You don't have to come here to make your scheduled calendar full and packed. But I pray that we return change so that we can change the world outside. I pray that we will return change so that we can go outside in the world filled in darkness that their life changes forever. As we gather together, I want to take your attention towards some of the things that I want to, uh, one thing that I've written here and three ways that we can extend our favor and grace. There might be more than three, but I want to wrap our thoughts together around these three words that God has put in my heart. Listen, the only way to be better than be bitter is to extend the same grace to others that God extended through us in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of people who are bitter in their relationships, bitter, in their past, whatever that has happened, work environment, school environment, people, we've been bitter. I, I you know, hate to see God's word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not bitter. He turned the bitter water to a good blessed water. But still we do have a lot of Christians worshiping God with bitter experiences, bitter past experiences that has gone wrong within our life. We gather here to worship and I pray that God will change your heart today. I pray that God will change your mind today. I pray that in every bitter experiences that you've been dealing with and you're going with, today will be a day of transformation and change in your life because you will change somebody else's life. Praise the Lord. How can a blind man lead others? No. I pray that the blind man will receive sight in the presence of God. So that we can lead others from where they are 
to the place where God wants them to. The only way to be better is from than be bitter is to extend the same grace to others that God extended through us in Christ Jesus. Listen, three ways that we can extend our favor, our grace. Number one, we've heard this a lot within church world. Number one, the first and foremost is to forgive people. To forgive people. Sometimes it's so hard for us to think about how can even I forgive that person for what they have done to me. They don't deserve my forgiveness. And sometimes in a Christian world, I've come across this a lot of time. You know what? I don't do business with them, so I don't have to think about forgive them. I can just walk out of their life and never talk to them for the next 30 years until I die. I take it to the grave, brother. You have not forgiven them just because you didn't talk to them. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? And it keeps haunting us. Forgiving somebody does not make you smaller than the person. Forgiveness comes from a higher altitude. You elevate and you understand who you are in Christ Jesus when you forgive somebody for the mistakes they have done in their life. I met with a, a, a young um, evangelist recently. His dad was murdered by the Naxalites. His dad was persecuted and murdered. But still chose to go and bless the same Naxalites, the insurgent groups uh, in southern part of India. He chose to go back and minister among them. And I was like, wow, what a courage. And there are stories after stories that we will come around the same way where we see people who stand up for what is good because they chose to forgive people who have done wrong against them. Who can we model this after? Our Lord and Savior Jesus. On the cross that he was laid. On the cross. The cross that he carried. He looked to his right and his left. And he said God forgive these people. He looked to his heavenly father. And he said God in the elevated position that I am at right now. It is the same people that persecuted me. That are killing me. Lord but I ask you this one thing. That you may forgive them. Jesus did not want to go to the grave without forgiving the people that have put him in that place. He forgave his people. Brothers and sisters, I don't know who this message is. But this year, as we are extending a favor to somebody, the way we do it, number one, forgiving people in our life. It might be 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, whoever it is, maybe an ex-relationship, but whoever it is, I pray that we forgive people. We thank God for every experiences in our life that has brought us closer to God. Forgiving comes from the heart of God. And if God's spirit dwells in you, he will compel you to forgive people who have done wrong against you, who have come against you. Are you with me, church? When we as a church celebrated our 20-year celebration, I told all our church congregation members, the older members, there have been people within the body of Christ who have walked out and moved out and there are a lot of issues that happen. We, we want to make sure that, hey, you know what? We forgive. We don't want to celebrate our 20-year celebration just because it looks cool and celebration and all that, but we want to do it in the right way. Let's forgive. People who have backstabbed, people who have walked out, people who have thrown stones and accusations, we forgive. That's the way a Christian life should be. 
And I pray that today we can learn from the God of the universe, the one who has knitted us together in our mother's womb. We learn to forgive. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 says, But I tell you, Jesus' words, to his disciples, to everybody who's gathered around him, but now I tell you, listen to my words. I now tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. It's not just an ordinary suggestion Jesus is making. It is not just a cool statement Jesus is making. You know what? Jesus' words have been taken by many great leaders of this world. Presidents of this world have taken these words to bring peace when two tribes have come against each other. Two nations have come against each other. Presidents and rulers of this world, world have taken the scriptures and they've used it to say in their own way, paraphrasing it, love your enemies, let's love the people around us. In a world that is broken and hurting, I pray, a group of young Christians and families will rise up to say, you know what, God has called me to love the world. That's the words of Jesus Christ. That's the word of Jesus Christ. He says, if you love me, you will keep all my commandments. How do we say we love God? It's easier to say we love somebody, but love follows with action. I say I love God, but my love follows and must follow with my heart to surrender. It's easier to sing song and say, God, I love you when the pitch is high, when the notes are perfect, when the drum beats are so good. It's easier to tune and join along with people to sing those songs, to say, God, I love you. I worship you. Great is thy faithfulness. My brother, sister, listen. Our words must always follow with actions. If you really love God, you will keep his commandments. You'll walk in the ways of God. That is what the word of God expresses itself to the New Testament believers that are seated in this room today. And I wonder how many of us are still holding on to grudges, holding on to that painful experiences. The only way to be better from being bitter is by letting go, is by forgiving people and extending favor in the life of someone who you think doesn't deserve. But listen, they deserve it because you deserved it. They deserve your forgiveness. They deserve to be in a better place because you deserved. And it is this eyes, in the eyesight of God, all of us are equal. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm making sense here. Number one, forgive. But I tell you, love your enemies, brothers. And I pray for those who persecute, who persecute you. Whenever rejections come in our life, whenever broken relationships come in, path, in, in, in our path, um, we erect walls of separation and we don't want to do life with anybody after that. And we isolate ourselves. Who is the most happiest during that time? The enemy is. He will love to do his business when he has kept his congregation, kept the families of God, the children of God, isolated in different pockets. You don't want to do life with everybody else. The Bible in the New Testament calls out that we gather together to fellowship with the body of Christ. The enemy is at the most happiest place. It is his happy hour when he sees brothers and sisters in different spaces. 
in different places. And one of the things that I've understood during the time of COVID, it is easier now, even if somebody had an issue within the church, families had issues within the church, it is so easier now that you don't have to watch each other and you don't have to be in the same building to worship with one another because of, because of COVID now you can just sit behind the screens and just watch the service. Three ways, first thing, forgive people. Forgiveness heals you. Forgiveness makes you a better person. When you extend God's favor to forgive somebody else this season, it's actually blessing you in return. You might think that, oh, why am I going to do that? It'll make me show. My ego doesn't allow me to do show. My ego doesn't, brother, sister, it's going to heal you. It's going to heal you. Second thing that I want to mention here is that the way you extend your favor, your grace into somebody's life is simple thing with our words. With our words. By our words. We affirm what we believe and we affirm to declare what we are taking sight, what is taking sight in our presence and the situation by our words. We declare by our words. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. And then Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1. It says a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. How beautiful the scripture is from the man of wisdom. Penning this down for all of us right now. As we look our, engage our sight towards these words that probably is encouraging a lot of husbands and wives in this room. Praise the Lord. A soft answer. I've been in that place too. I want to correct myself. And I know there are people here in this room. But the way we extend favor, it sometimes starts within our own family. With our words. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1, I pray that this will be a, a, a lifesaver word and it will be a screensaver on your phone. The next time somebody within your relationship, within your family comes up in argumentative mindset, like a soft answer. Listen to Proverbs 15 verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I wonder how many of us who call ourselves the children of God, call ourselves the church of God, call ourselves the New Testament bride of Jesus Christ, need to practice one simple truth in the scriptures, a soft answer. Are our words harsh? Are our words hurting people? Is that being something that we are carrying in our life, in our relationship? Listen. A soft answer will turn away the wrath. But a harsh word will always stir up anger. And I pray in this season, if we extend our favor in the life of people all around us, God has positioned each one of us and you do have at least one person in the circle of influence that you are influencing right now. Younger or old, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I pray we will extend God's favor 
by the words of our mouth. We will affirm it through our actions. Brother, sorry. In any given situation, operate in the wisdom of God and the spirit of God. James chapter 2 verse 13. Let's read that. What is James talking to us from the New Testament? The book of James and the writer James is writing to the church, the persecuted church, the disturbed church. James 2.13 says, Speak and act to those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Now they believe that by the law which gives them freedom. Verse 13, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful praise the lord judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful mercy triumphs over judgment let me repeat that mercy triumphs over judgment James is writing to the persecuted church, a church that is disturbed mentally, tortured for their faith in Christ Jesus. A church that has lost it all completely. But the words of James comes uh, uh, to uh, these persecuted, dislocated, disoriented churches, confused churches, want to give up. James' words comes to them, say, you know what brothers? You don't have to deal with your oppressors the way they are dealing with you. I want you to forgive them. I want you to forgive them and extend your favor, extend the mercy and the grace of God in the life of people who have come against you. Somebody from the same church would have written back to James saying, but James, do you even know they murdered my dad? Do you even know they killed my family? Do you even know that they have destroyed my church? They've taken away everything that I had. They have destroyed it all. James would still say, brother, I want you to know mercy triumphs over judgment. I pray this season as we wrap our mind around the favor of God and this week as we are becoming the part parcel, part and parcel of becoming God's favor extended in the life of people all around us, I pray James 2.13 will speak volumes into our life, speak and act. As those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Brother, if you have not been merciful, you will never receive mercy. That's what the scripture says. But if you show mercy to the others, you will receive God's mercy in your life. I know it's very hard as an individual to wrap a mind around forgiving somebody and showing grace and favor over somebody. But that's what God has asked us to do. Though it is very hard to chew on, but that is what God has asked us to do in today's generation. And I pray the congregation that I get to pastor, the group of flock that God has asked me to lead, we will choose to forgive people. Choose to show grace and favor on their life. Sometimes it is easier to forgive somebody who is not living around us than people who are living in the same room or under the same roof or who are in very close proximity of our life because we are doing constant life with them. Very hard to forgive them. That's where I pray you need the Holy Spirit. And may the Holy Spirit lead my church this season. I know this is not a message where you receive a lot of amen and hallelujah and people are jumping around. That's cool. I just want my church to understand this. This season, let's be 
the hands and feet of Jesus in the life of someone who needs favor. You need it. They need it. We extend God's favor. Number one, by forgiving. Number two, by our words. By our words. I pray that this season we will encourage somebody by our words. We will build some life. You know what you can, you, the word of God says that you can, you, can, you can build or you can tear down by your own words. You will live the life of, uh, the fruit of your tongue. You will live the fruit of your tongue. You know, the, the words that come out of your mouth can benefit you or can destroy you. The words that come out of your life, out of your mouth, create the world around you. The words that come out of our mouth creates the world around you. You don't like the world you're living in? Change your words. Use words that can build life altogether. Next time you send somebody a DM, you text them, message them, call them, encourage somebody. You see someone in, in this building right now, encourage them with your words. I wonder in this season, how many of you are challenging ourselves to become the favor of God extender in somebody's life. Speak and act as if you're going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to everybody that has not been merciful. But mercy triumphs over judgment. I was doomed for eternal death in my sins, but God's mercy has saved me. And thus far, I see in this room who are saved by the mercy of God seated right here. We are saved by the mercy. He pardoned us. He saved us. Gave us a new life. A life that can, we can hope. We can hope to be with our maker. Final thing that I want to let our church understand is the final thing. Showing favor to the others. Favor extended. The third thing that I want to uh, mention here is sometimes we have to let it go. We tried everything we could. We did everything is right. But now you have to let it go. The more you are holding on to things, the more those things are holding on to you. I repeat, the more you are holding on to things, those things are actually holding you. It's holding up your time. Your schedules, your energy, your peace, your resources, everything is about you. Those things are holding on to your life. It is eating you up completely, destroying your peace and your well-being. Sometimes we have to let it go. Let it go and let God. It's easier to let it go, but let me repeat that. Let it go and let God in this season. Let's read a scripture. I love this portion in the Old Testament. I'm going to wind up in the next couple of minutes, but let's read the scripture in the Old Testament. It's from 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9 talks to us about later on, David asked, is there anyone left in Saul's household to whom I can show gracious love in memory of Jonathan? A household servant of Saul named Ziba was called to appear before David. And the king asked him, are you Ziba? I'm your servant, Ziba replied. Others, the king asked, isn't there still someone left from Saul's household to whom I can show God's gracious love? Ziba replied, there is Jonathan's son. He has maimed feet. He's lay, he's, he has maimed feet. So David asked him, where is he? 
Ziba responded, Oh, he is Lodabar at the home of Amiel's son, Makir. Others, the king David sent for him and brought him from the home of Amiel's son, Makir in Lodabar. When Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, a grandson of Saul, approached David, he threw himself on his face out of respect. Mephibosheth replied, David said as he greeted him. Hello, I am your servant, he replied. Verse 7, listen. Don't be afraid, David reassured him. Because I am going to show gracious love to you in memory of your father, Jonathan. I am going to restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always have a place at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down low again and asked, Who am I, your servant, that you would pay attention to a dead dog like me? At this the king called for, the, for Saul's servant Ziba and told him, I am restoring to your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your servants are to farm the land on his behalf and bring the crops in order to provide for your master's grandson. Meanwhile, Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will always have a place at my table. What a beautiful scripture. A reminder to all of us today. The story of Mephibosheth is not too far away from the story of our own life. Crippled and maimed because of our own sins. But the gracious love of Jesus Christ has paved the path for us to be on the table, to be at the table, to be with the Lord forever to ever. The story of Mephibosheth. But listen, when David actually offers his gracious love to Saul's great-grandson, grandson, Saul was after David's life. We know the story. Saul wanted to kill David because he grew in jealous. Uh, he wanted to destroy David because David was now appointed the king and Saul was almost banished and he was taken out from his kingship of Israel. He was angry. He was mad at David. He found every opportunity to put him down, to push him down, to kill him, to murder him. He found armies, gathered them together. He made treaties with other nations, gathered them together to kill David. But David never responded back to kill Saul. Even when he had the opportunity, he never responded in killing Saul. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? I wonder how many of us feel like David in this situation? That you come across people who are always, you do something for their benefit and good, but they still turn up against you, backstab you, come against you, betray you, push you down, try to kill you. But can I tell you, be a David in the midst of your oppressors. At the right time, God will elevate you. Sometimes you have to let it go. If David was holding on to the fear he had, if David was holding on to the, the pressure that he was surrounded, if David was holding on to, you know what, how can I live this man live? I cannot be a king until he dies, so I need to kill him. If David continued to do in the natural, 
or start thinking in the natural and acting in the natural, he would never be one of the successful kings that Israel has seen. But he chose to act differently in that time. What do you do? I have to let it go. I have to let it go. I know Saul is after my life, but I know the grace of God that protects me. I know Saul wants to destroy me, but I know the mercy of God that has led me thus far. I was a nobody, but while I was a nobody, he called me. He separated. He mocked my life for a greater purpose. I am not chasing after Saul, but I'm chasing after the heart of God. When you let it go, listen, you don't have to go behind Things that you have let it go. A lot of us, we do that mistake. We let go our past. We let go people that are oppressed and struggle. But we again go back behind them. You chase after God. You go after God. Let it go and let God deal with it. Let it go and let God, even after the second generation, the third generation of soul. Mephibosheth, is maimed. He's scared for his life. He's living his life in exile. He doesn't want to come in the kingship, the presidency, the ruler, David at all. He's so afraid and scared. But look at the words that David is using. Is there anybody in Saul's family lineage who is alive that I can still keep my promise that I made with Jonathan, that I can show my grace, I can show my favor, I can show mercy in somebody's life. David is asking, you know what? I have let it go, but I want to show my grace on somebody's life because now I am in charge and I can do so. He calls for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is scared for his life. Calls Mephibosheth and he declares, you know what? I want to give you back the land that belonged to your father. The land and the property and everything that belonged to your parents. I want to give it back. Now I want you to sit with me at this table. Do you know your dad used to sit around this table? Now I sit around this table and I want you to come and sit with me here. Eat with me here. What my servants cook, they cook for you. Well, how people take care of me, they will take care of you. The story of redemption begins here. When we actually show favor on somebody's life, listen, the story of redemption starts in their life. How do people know God loves them when you hate them? Can I have the worship team behind me? How do people know that this God that we serve is a God of love when we don't actually talk to people? How do people know to come to a church when we never acted our ways outside these four walls of this church? I pray that this will be a season for us to extend our favor. Forgive them. Use our words. Finally, let it go. And let God. Let it go brothers. The more you hold on to things. Those things are actually holding on to your life. Holding on to your peace. Holding on to your resources. Let it go. And let God. And when you do so. I pray. This will be the year. This will be the month. This will be the season. Where we decide. Lord. I am becoming part and parcel. 
of what you want to do in this world. Can we all rise up in God's house? I pray that the real and the true change begins with us. We all want to change the world, but nobody wants to change ourselves. But change begins with us. And when we walk outside, we change the world. We change everybody under our influence. In our workspaces, school, wherever God has taken us, I pray that we recognize our life with the life of Mephibosheth. I was crippled and I was maimed and I had no value at all. Mephibosheth, oh, you know, he himself talks about uh, his life being a dead dog. That's what that was our life. No value to it at all. But God and His mercy has given us value. God and His grace has placed us in a position that we choose to worship Him to honor Him, to celebrate Him. Brothers and sisters, this morning as we come around, wrap our mind around this theme that God has given us in the year 2022. This is the year of walking in favor. This is the year of seeing God's divine favor in our life. But I also pray this will be the year where you will show your favor, God's favor in somebody's life. They've been praying for it. They've been praying for it. That you will forgive some people. You will use your words. And you will let it go. Let's look to the Lord in prayer as we sing a song and worship God this morning. Let's make a commitment in our hearts that transform who I am, who we are, as a congregation, as a family, as an individual.